Hey everyone, welcome back to the Long Lens Podcast. This is the podcast where I answer questions from my filmmaking community and also just talk about filmmaking and YouTube and oftentimes have guests on my podcast. And today we have a special guest, Matthew Danu. He's a filmmaker and content creator from San Diego, California. Matthew runs a video production company called 4x3 Films, which specializes in commercials and documentary films. Matthew was the first guest I had on this podcast, and I'm stoked to have him back because after winning an Instagram contest, he was recently invited on a trip out to the Pacific Northwest with Lumix and a bunch of other creators to help celebrate the launch of the new Lumix S52X. So, Matthew, thanks for joining me on the podcast again, man. Stoked to have you Nigel, back. Nigel, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm stoked that uh, I'm the first guest, and I'm also stoked that I get to return as another guest again. So thank you again for having me on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I had a couple of questions for you, but I feel like I need to preface this podcast with showing the viewers and I guess telling the podcast listeners that I got a new camera. So Lumix was actually nice enough to send me a Lumix S52X as well. So me and Matthew both have this camera. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have Matthew on again was because we both have this camera now and I kind of just want to talk about it. So can you like run me through how that whole Pacific Northwest creator Lumix trip happened? Right. Yeah. So I am a part of a Lumix backstage creators. Like it's called the LBC, which is kind of a small community of like 30 to 40 creators in this group. And they're holding this contest with these creators to get one from this group. And then they randomly selected the other people as well. But in this contest, it was to make a day in the life. And somehow I made it to the top three. So they posted my video. I got the top three. So I just kind of hit up like my connection network. I'm like, Hey, I'm in this contest. Like if you want to support me, just hit a like, that'd be awesome. And to my surprise, like I had family members reaching out to their family members to like reaching out to their family members to like support me to like get into this competition. And it was just like an absolute huge, like blessing to be just supported by this crazy amount of community that I surround myself here in San Diego. So it's like, all these people like like the video and then after whatever the 48 hour period i ended up winning and about maybe a month later lumix ended up sending me out to the pacific northwest up in washington in cleelum to do this like week-long trip and uh, doing this filmmaking competition where they gave us the an s5 2x the 24 to 70 mil lens um, nice. A bunch of Condor Blue gear, like got the Condor Blue uh, SSD top handle, which is Ooh. really, really nice. Got to collaborate with like a bunch of cool other filmmakers like Armando Fiera. He's a super cool guy. So now I play Game that's Pigeon awesome. with him all the time. So that's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of how it went down and what happened from that trip. That's awesome. And I know that he's a big Sony shooter, so it's cool that he's, well, I guess he's a Sony and a Canon shooter, but he kind of switches all around. It's cool that he's shooting Lumix now, it looks like. Yeah, no, it was really cool, like kind of giving his opinions and seeing what his thoughts are on Sony versus Lumix. And then also there's like um, Sean from Lumix USA was out there. Mm. Uh, most of the Japanese team was out there. So it was like just this cool overall event. And then it was like a full on documentary sort of challenge videos that will get released like I believe end of September ish. I have all my individual microfilms because I had to create microfilms for this contest is due tomorrow. I have oh, one wow. done, so I need to make two more. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm in 
So I'm going to be doing four videos uh, for Panasonic. I'm really excited to to start filming with the S52X. It's funny because like I loved the original S5, but there were some things that was kind of like I don't know. There was a couple of things that I still really wanted, and it's kind of cool that like this S52X basically has everything that I would want in a camera. So what's like I don't know. Like what were your first impressions of the S52X? Because I know that like that's basically your main camera now, right? Yeah, so now I'm almost 100% shooting on the S5 2X. So my initial thoughts on this camera was, one, coming from the micro four-thirds world, dealing with the different types of bokeh and sort of, I know I kind of get hate on this sometimes, but it's sort of that two times crop factor. If you have a 16 mil F1.4, it actually is a 32 mil F2.8 sort of equivalent. So it's kind of not having to deal with that issue as much, at least with uh, the normal 24 and 30 frames a second is been really, really nice. And then also shooting open gate three by two and 6K has been mm. great for social media, cropping for vertical and horizontal all the time. So it's kind of like all these different aspects of the camera I like. One thing that the Lumix team did kind of mention, which was interesting that the micro four third cameras are gonna be about like two years ahead of the full frame line that they release um, oh. in terms of spec or some yeah. for say. So for example, the GH6 was released last year. So my guess, at least I, I'm not like working with Lumix in this educational guess. I think like an SH2 with all the GH6 specs, but in a full frame body will get released probably sometime next year or year and a half probably. But it's been great okay. working with this camera. It's been yeah. like changed my workflow the autofocus is really, really nice, and it's been great to work with that. Um, being able to record to an SSD and have just like a terabyte of footage all day and not have to worry about that. I haven't messed yeah. with a ton of with the Apple ProRes, but I'm excited to kind of dive into playing with that a little bit. But the read and write speed is two gigabytes a second, so it kind of kills my drives when I record an Apple ProRes. Yeah. But all those things are so nice to work with. That kind of brings me to another question that I wanted to ask you because you're a pretty big, or at least you were, um, I'm sure you still probably have it, but you were a pretty big GH6 shooter. So what's your thoughts on the GH6 versus the S5 2X? Because I know, like, I still know a lot of GH6 shooters that are like very passionate about micro four thirds. And I kind of wonder like, is there still right now, would you still like recommend a GH6 or would you just say you might as well go to the full frame line of Lumix cameras? Yeah, so right now, I think my opinion's been slowly changing over time. I think if you own a ton of micro four-third lenses, I highly recommend getting a GH6. It's an amazing camera. I think if they did pit auto, face detect autofocus, I would recommend that camera way, way more than I do now. Being working with the S52X, the autofocus has been really, really nice. But there's still things that like you can buy way cheaper cinema glass lens and get high quality images. Like I just shot a documentary on the GH6 using the Mikey Cinema lenses and it looked way, way better than I remember. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't shot on this camera in a while. And I loved how the image and look fell out of this camera. But if you're getting brand new into cameras and you're deciding to buy um, the GH6 over the S5 2X, I almost would recommend future-proofing even more getting the S5 2X, even though there's more specs currently in the GH6, just because then eventually Mm -hmm. you'll already have the lenses that are required to like shoot on an SH2 or shoot on whatever next full frame camera 
that you have in the future. Because I think at the end of the day, it's better to spend your money and invest your money in lenses than camera bodies. Like if you yeah. invest into the Micro Four Third lenses, you're kind of stuck with Micro Four Third cameras. If you invest into Canon EF lenses, you can adapt that to tons of different camera bodies. So that's why I would recommend more invest in lenses and less on bodies. But if you had a choice between the S5 2X and the GH6, I personally recommend the S5 2X now just because it's so, so nice to work with that autofocus. The images look super clean and crisp, but if you already own Micro Four Third lenses, I would get the GH6. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That was one of the big things when I switched to Olympus was I just wanted good autofocus, but then after a while and after the S5 II and S5 IIX came out, that's what kind of made me like, okay, maybe I should just sell off all my Olympus gear and go back to, you know, I have, I currently have two little GH3s just to use as like an interim until I, you know, get a new camera. And I was looking at a bunch of different cameras from Sony and Canon, just kind of like thinking like, okay, there's pros and cons to, to like all of them. But I feel like the S5 IIX basically has everything that I would want it to have. I'm sure that I could be pretty nitpicky, but like as far as like a, a production camera and like stuff to do like my own personal projects and especially YouTube videos with the really good autofocus, it's just essentially solved every problem that I had with cameras in the past. So yeah, I totally agree. And that's one of the things where the only reason why I would want to stick with Micro Four Thirds, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I still love Micro Four Thirds, but the biggest reason that you know keeps me wanting to use them is just how small they are, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, there are a lot of full frame cameras that are really small, but it's not just the cameras; it is the lenses. Like I'm using a little, you know, 14 millimeter on my my GH3 right now, and it's just it's like the smallest little thing ever. So that's what I always tell people: is like if size is an issue definitely go with micro four thirds because you won't find smaller lenses than this system yeah because the gh6 and the s5 2x are almost the same camera size wise on the body but yeah the lenses i'm shooting on the 24 to 70 f 2.8 this lens is so heavy and it's huge yeah. in comparison but it's like that this is also my go-to lens when i go hiking but it's just so yeah. big so it like requires like way more strength to carry that lens for hours yeah. on end versus the gh6 lenses are way smaller and tiny that's a good that's a good thought i've actually never thought about yeah how tiny lenses are it's funny because uh, uh shortly before we started this podcast i actually bought the sigma 28 to 70 f 2.8 just because in the used market you could probably get the sigma 24 to 70 for about the same price as the 28 to 70 but the 28 to 70 is just so much smaller and i just like you know, coming from Micro Four Thirds, like I love keeping my kit like as small as I possibly can. I'm able to borrow a couple of lenses from Lumix. I have the 24 to 105 and the 70 to 200, which I'm really stoked to try out. But like, I wanted something for myself that I could use on like my own personal projects. I was a little bit faster, so I got the 28 to 70. But I'm curious, aside from the 24 to 70 that you have, uh, what other lenses do you use on the S5 2X? Currently, right now, the only other lenses that I use on the S5 2X is just a 35mm Prime, like their Prime series lens. Okay. And kind of the reason behind mm -hmm. that is because I love the 35mm look on um, 24 and 30 frames a second. But with the 1.5 times crop or APS-C crop in 60 frames a second in 4K, uh, your 35mm basically becomes a 50mm equivalent, which still looks really clean. So like... I was like, yeah. this is really the only prime lens I need. 
I do eventually want to get some cinema glass just because it gives you kind of different quality of looks. So I think I'll eventually get some full frame glass um, from Mikey that like yeah. a 35 and a 50 mil. But right yeah, now it's just, sure. I've just been rocking mostly the 24 to 70 and that's like been the main thing on my camera. A lot of people, they cannot realize how much you can get done with that focal length. It just brings me back to always watching those those little like personal projects that uh, Danny Gewurz did. I don't know if you watch him often, but like all of his stuff is just filmed on a 24 to 70. It's such yeah. a versatile lens. Like the only reason that I would get different lenses is mostly because if I can get cinema glass that ha has just, just higher quality look and feel over... Uh, the 24 to 70 Lumix lens, but honestly, it's just been so versatile and it makes more sense just to keep this lens on than trying to pit um, prime lenses on. And also coming from a micro four thirds background where my aperture is like an F 1.4, but it's a 2.8 equivalent most of the time. It's, yeah. it doesn't make much of a difference. Like I'm already on F 2.8. So like, I don't really need that F 1.8 look majority of the mm -hmm. time when I'm shooting on the prime lenses. So it just makes more sense just to keep a way more versatile lens on my camera. And that's like, I was watching some of your videos on your website recently, and I know you shot like a lot of the stuff that you have with the GH6, right? And I was just looking at some of them, like that pickleball video that you did, was that shot on the GH6 with like cinema lenses? Uh, no, that was, so some shots were shot with the GH6 with cinema yeah. lenses, and then some shots were shot with the S52X. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it mixes really well because I honestly couldn't tell. Like, like I wouldn't have been able to tell unless you told me. <laughs> right, yeah. So most of that was, it was like a 50-50%. I would actually say maybe 80% of it was shot on actually the S52X and 20% was shot on a GH6. Yeah, I'll definitely have to leave a link to your website in the show notes so people can check out your work because it actually looked really, really good. Yeah, thank you. That was that was a fun shoot to shoot. And then I got $230 paddles afterwards, which is awesome because I play tons of pickleball. <laughs> okay, well, that kind of moves me to my next question was, is there anything that you don't like about the S52X or anything that you wish they could have added when they released it? Yeah, I think this is like the camera that they should have just released instead of the S5, to be honest. Um, yeah, I've been hearing not, that a lot. <laughs> it's not a ton of upgrades, but if you're coming from the micro four third world and having face detect autofocus, it makes a huge difference. But the main two gripes that I have with this camera is definitely the 4K 60 frames a second crop. Uh, if I need open full frame crop, um, I can just shoot on 1080 60 frames a second and it works and most people won't notice a difference but that crop is a little bit annoying and there's only one other setting or gripe that i personally have with the s52x is i've been wanting them to pit open gate 60 frames a second for vertical and like horizontal reels like that would make the huge like biggest difference for me i don't really care too much and i don't use a ton of 4k 120 frames a second and if i need that i can just use the gh6 but I've been really wanting 4K or open gate, 6K, 60 frames a second. That's, yeah. that's like my one feature that I would want. Do you have anything that you wish this camera had or any gripes? 
it definitely improves a lot on the original S5 that I used to have. Like I love the autofocus, like from my testing just in the last couple of days, the autofocus works amazing, just as good as my Olympus cameras. I almost feel like I can't even comment on it because I feel like I just don't have enough experience. I was curious to know like if you had anything that was like super bothering you. I don't know if the 4K60 crop is gonna like, I don't know, like bum me out too much. I honestly don't shoot that much uh, slow motion. And if I was shooting skateboarding or something like that, I probably wouldn't mind like a little bit of extra reach if I was, you know, doing like some long lens stuff. So I'll have to see, that might be a, a to be determined right. um, after I start releasing my videos. But another thing that I know that's gonna like bum me out and this has nothing to do with the S5-2X itself. It's just, and this is the same kind of complaint that I had with my Olympus cameras is that like, there's no real like companion camera yet for this S5-2X. You know, like a GH5, you could get like the GX85 as like your little walk around companion camera, or you could get one of the other like lower end cameras. And what I really want is like a, a lower end S5-2X that, I don't know, is maybe just slightly cheaper. And I know that like the S5 and the S5-2 exist, but they're still kind of the, like the exact same body style. If they made something like a little bit more on the consumer end that I could just, you know, that was a lot cheaper than the S5-2X that I could just throw in a bag as a B camera. But at the same time, like what I tell everybody, and this is the reason why I have two GH3s, is that like the best B cam for like most of your cameras that you have is going to be the exact same camera. So I think the best B cam for my S5-2X is probably just going to be another S5-2X. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I've been shooting A cam, B cam with the S5-2X and GH6 and it color matches like perfectly. But then again, you run into that same thing where it's like it's pretty similar price points. So it's not mm -hmm. like a companion camera. For the 4K 60 frames a second that you mentioned, I just have to change my mindset on like, okay, this is my focal length. So on the 24 to 70 on open gate or on full frame, it's 24 to 70. When I crop APS-C, it's a 35 to 105 crop basically. So it's just kind of shifting my mindset thinking this is my lens set now and just realizing a 35 is 50, a 50 is a 70, a 70 is a 105 basically. So with that like mindset shift, it's not too bad, but it is kind of annoying if you want to shoot the exact same thing in 24 frames a second and then 60 frames a second you have to mm -hmm. either physically move back or in full frame you have to shoot on 35 mil and then when you switch over to 4k 60 you have to shoot at 24 mil which will crop into basically 35 mil yeah i feel like micro four thirds shooters are probably a little bit more used to adjusting our are framing like maybe more than people that are like super used to shooting full frame or even APS-C all the time right. because it's like, you know, you tell someone's like, oh, it's got an APS-C crop in 4K. It's like, that's still a like less of a crop than you would see on a micro four thirds camera. So it's probably like, I could see other full frame shooters getting a little like annoyed with that. But you know, for me, unless I was shooting fisheye or something like that, where I need to be really close to the skater or something like that. And I had to crop in to like APS-C that would annoy me, but I don't know. I haven't really found myself in that situation very often anyways. So we'll see though. I might be eating my words after I start filming more skateboarding with this camera. <laughs> do you shoot a ton with a external monitor? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So that can be this slightly annoying thing is that your, you know how you have your info on your camera. You either have it mm -hmm. on your camera or on your monitor. You don't get both. So it's like, if you want your settings, oh. so it's just a clean feed to your camera or clean feed to the monitor. It's one or the other. Um, and then oh. another thing is like, 
I have a custom button on the back that shows my video or my video custom settings. So it's just whatever, all the settings I use, I pin my quality settings. And then I have a custom button that just instantly takes me to that menu specifically. So I can change settings yeah. really, really quickly. I know sometimes it happens, not super often, but it happens where the HDMI output will be kind of glitchy and it looks like your shutter is cranked way lower. So it's just like, super wavy and stuff so i just have to turn off the camera turn it back on and then it's fine i think that's just mm -hmm. will be fixed in a firmware update but it is something that is still happening every now and then the next question i have for you is that do you think there are any like i don't know like sleeper features of the s5 2x that maybe you haven't heard a lot of people talk about yet i think some sleeper features i think they're i don't use it that often but i think if you know how to use it well i think two features that come to mind is real-time LUT is like way nice for taking photos just having a LUT built in take all your photos send it as JPEG send it to your phone post it on Instagram and call it a day yeah I think that's a feature I don't use yet but I think it's really really cool and then another feature that I want to learn how to use is live stream with this camera because this camera can be connected to your phone and record a live stream feed directly from this camera and whatever audio this camera gets or you can have a different audio source so you can live stream from this camera walk around you don't have to be connected to a backpack or anything so i think that's a cool feature that again features that i want to learn how to use more and i just haven't used a ton other yeah. features that i think are cool are just frame markers though but i feel like all the other features open gate all those features people typically talk about but those two features come to mind when it's sleeper features like things that people don't use yeah no i totally that's one thing that like it might actually make me want to start trying to live stream just because i have a really easy way to do it now so i'll have to i'll have to see if that's something that that'll actually end up using something that i think is a sleeper feature and i just and maybe it's just because i'm kind of like a 1080p guy like when it comes to youtube stuff i feel like 1080p is still like perfectly sufficient for for youtube stuff and i think that it's the internal prores at 1080p like the 422 and the 422 hq that looks so good it'll like blow any canon m50 or any cheap 1080p camera out of the water as far as like the image quality that you can get out of that and it just plays back perfectly it you know you can edit it super easy it's still i mean it's obviously you know it's it's 10 bit 422 and one of my favorite cameras was the original Blackmagic Pocket just because it had, you know, great 1080p video. I love that camera because it just looked so, like, organic. And I feel like the S52X is just one of those cameras that, like, I can just set up on a tripod, put it to 1080 ProRes, 422, I don't even need HQ, and just record YouTube videos in ProRes and just get really, really nice, nice-looking footage for my YouTube videos and I don't have to fill up an SSD with, you know, terabytes of footage just to get, you know, ProRes out of this camera, which I think is, I don't know, it's pretty, that's one of the features that I like the most. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about it, but like you can shoot ProRes internal, it's just going to be 1080p, which still looks good. Right. What type of SD cards are you recording that to? So I'm recording it to, uh, I think they're V30s, like 150 megabit per okay. second. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's all the cards I typically use since I'm not doing any like cine 4ks because i'm like this is just overkill for everything i do if i record in that quality but that's interesting that's good to know that you can do apple pro res internally 1080 on just that type of sd card yeah it's super convenient i just feel like it's going to make my youtube video creation a lot easier and i mean this isn't 
this doesn't really have to do with a camera. This is just something that I figured out like very recently. But you know, when I do shoot in like all eye 4K or something like that, on Max, I didn't even realize this, but you can just right click on your video file. And at the bottom of that little menu, it says encode video. So like I can just encode all of my my all eye stuff to ProRes, like just like built into like my MacBook. So it's like when I do need to shoot 4K, I can still get, you know, I can still get ProRes playback with the stuff that isn't gonna play back as easily, but it's is super nice that I don't have to do that if I just wanna shoot 1080p. Wow, that is super nice. Do you up-res your quality to 4K for YouTube? Oh or? yeah, always. So like I'll edit in a, a 1080p timeline, but then I'll just export it as a 4K file so that the, the YouTube compression kind of thinks that it's 4K and it keeps, my 1080p quality as good as it can be. Yeah. yeah, that means you're in Premiere Pro still? Yeah, I'm still in Premiere Pro. And here's like, I feel like it's had some updates and it seems to be working a lot better now for me. I know that I do just need to get like a new, a new editing system, which I'm kind of on the fence of whether I wanna get like the, the Mac Studio or just go with like a, a MacBook Pro or maybe even like the Mac Mini M2. But right now, I mean, for what I'm doing, like Premiere seems to be stable enough and has the updates needed to work decently well for me. So yeah, I don't know. Right. I tried, like my buddy actually lent me a key for DaVinci Resolve so I could use like the full version. And I don't know, like I didn't really actually see a performance upgrade even with like the full version of DaVinci Resolve. Like it just seemed, it seemed just as slow or as fast as Premiere can be. I can right. still like, I can cut in it just as fast as I can in Premiere now because I've got all my hotkeys set up the way that I like them. But then I do like color grading in DaVinci still way more, but it's kind of like, for me, uh, Premiere is just one of those things where it's just, it's just like a personal preference. And you know, I've been on it for 15 plus years and it's just really hard for me to <laughs> to like not use yeah, it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I edit on the MacBook M1 Pro uh, with the max chip like mm -hmm. completely specced out yeah and, like i'm able to like cut through red footage and like all these crazy like high kodaks like in davinci and in final cut like without it slowing down whatsoever yeah yeah but the editing the editing machine is going to make the biggest difference for you the moment you get into the m1 territory it's literally like a night and day game changer yeah like on your editing speeds absolutely and i heard that like the new mac silicone chips they they decode like 10 bit 420 not 422 but 420 with the gpu so it's really easy to like play back and edit 10 bit 420 so that's something that i'm looking yeah. forward to have you messed around with on the s52x i feel like one more sleeper setting and then we can move on yeah. is the 1080 120 frames a second no, I haven't, but that's one that I'm probably, so like, I won't give away too much about like the, the videos that I'm going to create, but like a lot of it's going to do with action sports and stuff. So I'll probably be dabbling in like the high frame rate options with that camera. So yeah, I'm definitely going to try it. I know that I loved, I'm pretty sure the original S5 had, had 120 frames at 1080 somewhere around there. And I really liked it. The only thing that I didn't like about the original S5 when shooting in those higher frame rates is that like the the noise performance is horrible i had to like right i had to buy neat video and do some noise reduction just to get it to like look passable because the iso performance was so bad yeah i noticed with this camera it the noise performs best a stop over exposed okay and then it brings it down and it allows you to kind of clean up the noise floor but yeah on the lumix trip in washington 
I did a shot in 1080, 120 frames a second with this like vehicle moving past me as I was running towards it. And everyone was just like utterly shocked. Like that was 1080 because it looked super clean. It was like widescreen on my MacBook. And yeah. like, the shot just looked super, super clean. Yeah. A lot of people like they sleep on how good 1080p can look, you know, like if you light it right. And I mean, you can mix 1080 stuff if it's shot with the right camera with, you know, 4K stuff all day, which I think is, yeah, is pretty easily. cool about this camera for sure. Well, okay, I just had like one more question for you. And this is more just like less about the camera and just more about you. But I know that you you have your own production company and you're also on YouTube. You post a lot of YouTube videos. Like what's your, your end goal in the next couple of years? Do you want to try to like, you know, go fully into YouTube or do you kind of want to like build your production company up to a certain point or what's what's next for you? Yeah, so what's next for me is I think I'm going to try to pursue YouTube really hard these next couple of years and eventually, hopefully make YouTube being the full-time thing, talking about filmmaking, talking about the production side, maybe even showing the BTS. But I think the goal is to make YouTube big enough to support my family in multiple revenue streams, obviously not just YouTube AdSense since that doesn't pay yeah. much, but supporting my family and supporting my lifestyle. And then with the video production company, 4x3 Films, allowing myself to just take the projects I really want to take on and take the commercials I really am stoked about and not just saying yes to everything because it's providing money to the business and family. Yeah. So I think the end goal will be pursuing YouTube full time with the lens of video production and filmmaking being involved. And this also could slowly transition to making more travel documentaries similar to like Sam Newton, for example. Sure. Like I just got an FPV drone, so I'm really Ooh. stoked to start showing some of that content i've been in simulators the last three years so i'm gonna make a video talking about like flying fpv for the first time but like i've been practicing since 2018 Ooh, so actually more than three years wow. i've been practicing since like 2018 2019 in simulators just because i'm like was so stressed about crashing a drone and then having to rebuild it yeah. or buy a new one so i'm literally like today as we're filming i'm gonna go fly the drone for the first time. So I'm super stoked about that. So I think that's kind of my eventual goal is to build up the YouTube channel, show off like video production behind the scenes. Like right now I've just been hiring out a BTS shooter for when I go on commercials. So I just have content for the YouTube channel. That's a really good idea. And like, that's just how I've been doing it. Cause it's like, okay, I'm going to hire someone out. That's kind of new in the filmmaking world, yeah. help them out and show them the ropes of what filmmaking's like, but also kind of get a discount and then also be able to have all this content that I can utilize for YouTube. Like I was just filming at this one event and I was really wanting to get a BTS shooter, but it was a super strict event for a pickleball event at David Dobrik's house, but I couldn't get a <laughs> BTS shooter, unfortunately. But that would have been cool to have BTS for. Stuff like that would be cool yeah. to show on YouTube and then teach this different things. Like I think maybe in two years, if the YouTube channel's big enough, I think I eventually want to make a course talking about how to get into video production or how to start a video production company in your 20s because I think it's a very niche topic and it's like more specific about what video production looks like today versus what video production looked like 10 years ago, which yeah. I feel like that's what most courses are teaching is either how to film or how to start a video production company for the companies that are spending, you know, 50000 to to $100,000. But there's all these companies that need social media content that need someone and their projects are 10k 5k so yeah. showing that side and showing what does that look like 
I think that will be the eventual goal. Like you recently posted a video about how you've kind of been, you've been feeling like stuck in the filmmaking niche. Is that kind of like your, your answer to that type of video where you just, instead of doing what you have been doing, you're going to try to like add a little bit more behind the scenes stuff and more like onset experience. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the eventual goal. I mean, I still love talking about camera gear oh, yeah, same. because I'm a camera gear nerd. Yeah. So same. I'll still talk about stuff, but I think I'm going to slowly progressively slowly progressively that's a word <laughs> i want to slowly get out of the just talking about lumix gear and lumix cameras because i felt so trapped in this niche and so many expectations like i know i can make an s5 2x video posted today and then that video can get anywhere from 2000 to 5000 views in the next yeah. few weeks sure. but like since my channel's so small right now i want to make more content that shows the behind the scenes that shows still talking about gear. Maybe it's talking about FPV gear, but it's still talking about what running a video production looks like a day in the life of someone who runs a video production company, because my days look nothing like how people expect them to. Mm -hmm. But so showing that stuff is, I think what I'm going to slowly start transitioning my channel more of, but I'll still talk about Lumix cameras here or there. I'll still talk about filmmaking gear here or there. But I think that's the eventual goal is to slowly transition it to more specifically talking about video production, filmmaking, and then, yeah, with some gear stuff here or there. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. And I feel the same way with like my channel is kind of, I'm like the niche that I'm stuck in is ultra low budget, like filmmaking. And I feel like if I don't make a video that's centered around that, like my videos just tank, but it's just like, if I make a, a video about, I mean, it's either like super low budget filmmaking or it's about micro four thirds cameras. And so I definitely feel, I mean, I feel the struggle of trying to like break out of the niche that you kind of painted yourself into. Like I definitely agree that like, that's kind of where I want to put more of my attention into. Like I'm going to be having a BTS guy come on like the shoots with like the S5 2X. And something that I've noticed is that like, it's way easier to create content when you're not completely by yourself like even if it's just like a goofy youtube video right. just having like somebody else with you to like shoot behind the scenes or to help you like set up a lighting scenario is just so so much easier so that's something that i'm gonna like be incorporating into my channel a lot more is just not doing everything completely by myself no i think that's really huge and something that i've been noticing i don't know if you know who carlo oh carlo something uh stigliano yeah, 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 yeah. So like his content is like so raw. Yeah. But I think because of this new world that we live in that people just want very fast, quick snippets of content, something that people are starting to crave for more and more is the more honest and raw behind the scenes moments where yeah. it's just showing what it looks like doing stuff that we do and what we film. Mm -hmm. Another thought for you and your channel, as a kid, I watched Minecraft YouTubers, uh, no shame, yeah. but... So I watched them, but like, as I grew up, like what I thought was cool about some audiences, their content grew up with them. Like yeah. this, this person who's, you know, 16 or 18 playing Minecraft and like, you know, 12 year olds are watching them when they're growing up, instead of like staying in that niche and losing that audience a sense, they're going to start playing games that are a little bit more for that age group. And it's like similar thing for you. It's like people that buy budget camera gear aren't just going to keep buying budget camera gear. So it's like, you're going to keep getting new audience just on budget camera gear. But mm -hmm. if you want to grow with your audience too, it's kind of hard. Cause it's like, if you grow with your audience, you kind of leave the people behind who are just still in that budget category. Yeah. But at the same time, like then you're moving with the people that 
are moving on to those next cameras and what that looks like and showing what that looks like. So I think you can slowly start growing into that higher category price tag. Yeah. Without like losing the the budget side of it, still. Like I definitely agree, and that's just the tightrope I guess that I've been trying to walk. Is like, okay, I'm teaching these these newer filmmakers which camera to get, what lenses they should buy. But then if I start talking about you know like IRE values or Kelvin temperatures or something like that, it can kind of go over their head. So it's like I have to still create stuff that's like accessible, right. but at the same time, I'm not. Necess- I mean, I'm not like a new filmmaker. I'm not like obviously the best person out there, but I've been doing this for, you know, at least 15 years of my life. I'm trying to do stuff that, you know, is inspiring to me, but sometimes, you know, it can kind of be, be a hit or miss for my audience. So that's why I'm, you know, I'm trying right. to- I think I want to start talking about content that's involves filmmaking and the art of video production and stuff like that. And then also maybe, I don't know, telling travel films. I don't know if I'll do that, but yeah. I want to start telling that stuff. So I'm not so reliant on, this person has to be at this skill level to be watching and understanding my videos. Like yeah. that can be a, a trap in a box that we pit ourselves in. And it's also, it's like watering down all the content that I pit out there. So it's still showing the professionalism, still showing the behind the scenes, but not getting in the nitty gritty. on like trying to teach someone like what you said, like to try and teach them white pounds, try and teach mm-hmm. them how to read uh, waveforms and scopes. Like, yeah. There's videos out there that can teach you that. Like my channel is not going to be for those people. My channel is going to be for people who already understand filmmaking and then show them like what it looks like to run a video production company and what it it takes to make a living. I think about this. I'm like, now that I'm full-time solo running my own video production company, like I definitely learned a ton in the last two years at the last job I worked at, but I realized like I could have been doing this the entire time if I just knew like, how much easier it is it's still hard i still like hustle every single day but it's so much easier and like less daunting now that i just started but like if i started two years ago i would have been way way farther ahead than i am right now yeah so i think it's just that's the stuff i want to start slowly teaching on my channel absolutely well honestly man i think that's a great place to stop i want to thank you again for for hopping on this podcast again and thanks for talking about the s52x i'm glad that i got a little bit more insight on that camera and i'm stoked to start making my own videos on it but if this is the first time that anyone's ever heard of you or your channel do you want to plug your your social media stuff yeah so almost everywhere it's gonna be matthew with two t's and then dane you like dane you smell everywhere on social media on youtube on instagram and if you want to check out my business page it's uh, 4x3 films. Awesome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. Thanks again for coming on. We'll have to do this again. Yeah.